Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce this week's host of Business Talk. He's a contributing writer for Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of Business Talk. Uh, we have a great show for you today. I can't wait to get to it, but I will, because first we need to hear this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk Podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF Equal Housing Lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back, and as promised, we have a, a great show for you today. We have with us Garrett Stefano. He is the director of Dining Services at UMass Amherst. Let me rephrase that. The award-winning dining services at UMass Amherst. Garrett, how are you today? I'm doing well, George. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you for coming on the show. We've been uh, meeting to get you on for a while. We we, we profiled uh, the dining service at UMass a, a few weeks ago, and we wanted to, to get you on. Uh, this is a, a great story, uh, one of the better success stories in Western Mass, and we wanted to, to get you on the podcast and, and talk about it. So we will do that. I want to preface this and not to personalize it too much, but uh, I'm a graduate of UMass Amherst. I went there uh, half a century ago or more <laughs> but then. Uh, trust me, uh, the food was not as good uh, at the university back then. Uh, I don't think we cared as much back then either. I think we were just things. A lot of things have changed since 1975, and we're going to talk about that. But let's just start first of all with with your, your job and what you do. Tell us a little bit about UMass Dining, uh, just quickly, and then we want to get into what goes into what making what makes us the top dining program in the whole country. Well, thank you again, George. So, um, I guess. Starting off with what I do, I am the director of, of dining for the University of Massachusetts. I, I oversee our residential dining commons, our markets and cafes across the campus, our catering operations, as well as our concession operations. So you might call me the CFO, George, of the University of Massachusetts. That's the chief food officer for everything that goes on at UMass. Um, and uh, I have the privilege of working with a tremendous team of people. Uh, my boss, Ken Toon, who is our director of auxiliary enterprises, who's a phenomenal mentor of mine. Um, Alex Ong, who is our director of culinary excellence, and as well as my my team of people I get to work with every single day, from Andrew Makis and Lynn Pelkey and Cynthia and Chris Howland, who is our procurement director, all of which, including the rest of this amazing team of, uh, of uh, 700 employees plus a uh, thousand students um, every single day. We're feeding 50,000 meals, about 8 million a year. Uh, we're committed to very healthy, sustainable, delicious food. Local sourcing is really important to us, as well as creating global cuisine. We have over 36% of our students hail from different countries around the world. So authentic cuisine is really important to us, as well as the idea of creating experiences. We're really passionate about you know, creating dining experiences. We find that when we survey students and the dining commons happen to be a place where they do their socialization. They meet friends, they have friends that last for lifetimes. Uh, they get to know one another. They learn different cultures through co-curricular experiences, meaning we have different specials, Diwali. Uh, we do uh, Black History Month. We're looking at indigenous meals. We, we put together 
uh, all sorts of celebratory type of, 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 of experiences for students to really understand not only the food, the world around them, but they get to know one another and really kind of have that great college experience. Hmm. So let's talk about, uh, again, it sounds like a, a successful sports team in a lot of ways, a lot of components coming together, everything from coaching and leadership with, with Ken to a, a, a team to and, and then a, a game plan. Uh, I think the analogy works in, in a lot of different ways. You want to kind of talk about how it all came together and when it started coming together? I mean, sure, this, I mean this school was not ranked anywhere near the top of the listings uh, even probably 20 years ago. But uh, ab- Absolutely. So, you know, using, you know, Ken and uh, unfortunately, one thing Ken is is a Cowboys fan. So, you know, but I'm going to use the Patriots dynasty to kind of, uh, I guess, build off of the sports analogy of him being the Belichick of it. And, you know, when he started here 25 years ago or so that we were ranked is that food. Um and, you know, it really was a hill that he was climbing, but he didn't, he, you know, he knew he didn't, he couldn't do it alone. So what he did and, you know, started investing not in first capital, but people and developing people around him and really putting the, the power of the chef first and really starting to invest in authentic cuisines and creating these experiences. And then as he, as he started progressing forward, um, you know, putting those component people in the right places, empowering people to do what they did best, really giving a lot of autonomy to our frontline staff to be able to create those authentic experiences. Because when you really think about it, it's the staff who interact most directly with students on a day-to-day basis. And these are the folks that understand that it's someone's birthday or it's that, you know, there's special days or there's a test coming up or whatever it might be um, that, you know, we, we, you know, we, you know, have a, on, a, on, a, on a day-to-day basis, that these students really kind of create that kind of overall overarching, um, you know, university experience. And then from that point in time, training them and really having an opportunity for us to have uh, a, a, a skilled staff. We've had a culinary conference here that's been going on now. It's actually going on its 30th year. So when Ken started here about 25 years ago, he brought that with him from Canada and we bring chefs from all across the world to the University of Massachusetts in June. That's a huge R&D uh, event for us. But our staff go along with that. And, and, and as, as we develop different cuisines from the Middle East, from, from, from Latin America, from Mediterranean, from Southeast Asia, Indian, you name it, um, all these top chefs are, are teaching not just UMass folks, but schools like Notre Dame and, and Yale and Stanford and Texas. They all come here. So they collaborate about all these different things. So as that training developed, the level of culinary developed. Then so we started developing our operations. So building new dining commons. In 2006, we had the Berkshire commons. And then we did Hampshire after that. And then after Worcester and the campus center. Our our dining commons, by the way, are these large uh, 60,000 square foot facilities that feed anywhere between eight to 10,000 meals a day in an all you care to eat facility. For those of you who may not think of it, think of it as a, as almost like a, a cruise ship or a, or a resort type of dining where they have the opportunity to have all these different types of food items um, and, 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 and have them made their way. Now, why is that important? Well, we've also found that it brings value to students that, you know, the meal plans that they're on, they use uh, one of the most expensive meal plans is a, 
is the meal plan you don't use is, is, is what our vice chancellor talks about frequently. And also creating the idea for students to start to build those communities around food, as well as the idea of, you know, creating value with the plan such that, you know, students are, are, are feeling like they're getting their money's worth with these particular mm-hmm. types of things. So, you know, as we, as Ken started to go through that process and we started to evolve, it wasn't, you know, overnight, but as we've gotten to where we are and the team around him, as to build back to the analogy, uh, is that's what made our overall success. Mm-hmm. Before we, we go any further, and I, I know this is a question that you could probably answer uh, for the next two hours, let alone the next 15 minutes, just how important is food on a college campus today? I, I know that there's great competition for students. Students are looking for, for more out of their college experience. We, we all talk about that word value. Just how important is food today? Well, food is extraordinarily important to them. And that's just not here at UMass. This is across the country. As you start to look at surveys, um, we're part of a national association called NACOS. It's the National Association of College and University Food Service. Um, and Ken and I just uh, were, were part of a, of a conference uh, of these of leadership uh, a couple of weeks ago. And they were talking about you know, how food impacts college campuses and what the importance of it is on college campuses and how it creates uh, all these experiences. And, and it is true. Over the past 20 years or so, this has been a, a very important aspect of campus life. Um, so much so that students start to look at choosing colleges. Now, obviously, academics are the number one factor in choosing a university. You mass a little biased being an alum myself is, you know, an amazing university. Um, but when you look at, you know, choosing colleges and how that campus experience comes into play, it's extraordinarily important to the students on campus. We find that about 70% or so of students uh, surveyed say that dining was an important factor in choosing it. Now, when you also look at that and saying the diverse demographic breakdown going into the future of students who most most popularity of students, especially in Southwest and Southeast, are non-white. So you're looking at cultural, diverse food that has to be authentic, which really drives students to look at the university and say, wow, this is, this is, this is a home for me for the next four years. Hmm. Talk a little bit about that word authentic. Uh, you used it a lot already in, in this podcast, and you guys used it a lot when we were up doing that story uh, several weeks ago, I mean, obviously it has a technical definition, but when it comes to food, what does authentic mean? You know, I get quite simply authentic. It can take on you know, relatively specific terms in terms of, you know, the continuity or the makeup of, of, of an item to be as specific as it possibly can be. But, you know, in our, I guess the simplest term is food tastes the way it should who tastes the way that you expect it to taste. Now, authentic, and that's where you have to have this idea of very skilled culinary, as well as people who are culturally aware of different types of food. Food, using Indian cuisine, for example, there are various different regions within India. And food from the north, the south, the east, and the west tastes differently. There's different types of flavor, different types of spices using the dolls and the marsalas and things like that. So you have, we have an advantage of having folks who hail from all around the world who understand those nuances. So when you have an authentic dish with 
food that tastes the way that you believe it should taste and creating that experience, that's really what we're driving at when it comes to authentic experience or authentic flavor. All right, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. This week, we're talking with Garrett DiStefano. He is the Director of Dining Services at UMass Amherst, or the CFO, Chief Food Officer, as he said. We're talking about uh, the award-winning UMass Dining Program. This is now, what, seven years, I guess eight years, technically, if we include the the pandemic year. So uh, eight years running as the top program in the country. Tell us what goes into those rankings and, and, and how we, we get to the top. Well, you know, I, I guess the, the simplest expl- explanation is you consistently serve excellent food every day. Now, how that comes into play, you have a wonderful team of talented people who work tirelessly every day to make that happen. Um, and connecting with the student population and not for the sake of the ranking, but more for the sake of creating that experience and delivering, uh, you know, delivering upon their expectations. Now, when we are surveyed, and it's a survey that is conducted annually by the Princeton Review, that they survey over 380 schools across the country. So there's hundreds of thousands of surveys that are that are that are submitted, and we, um, you know, our students um, who, you know, will fill out the survey without. You know, uh, it, it's a function of all other things as well. So, for example, they'll ask about you know their academics. They ask about all of the things. So, what are the other fa- what are the big factors for us? Is obviously how is the food on the campus. So, the students will rank based upon large schools, small schools, and then the Princeton Review using some form of an algorithm, and they put together uh, will then take all that data and then put it into a list and say, okay, of the schools that. 385 schools across the country or so here are the listing of schools that have you know the best highest scored food based upon you know how they they account for big and small schools and things of that nature and umass has for the past seven years ranked number one yes there was the pandemic year where we 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 hit the i guess they called it the best of list um so any which way getting back to the sports analogy we have one more championship than the patriots do Okay, staying with the sports analogy, and, and, and you and I have talked about this before, um, getting on top is one thing. Um, sticking with the sports analogy, there have been teams that have gotten to the top once, the 85 Bears, the 86 Mets, uh, you know, the other teams that are on that list. It's one thing to get there. It's another thing to stay there and continue to win over and over again. Uh, tell us uh, what has enabled UMass to do that. I mean, this is serious competition now uh, there's uh, as you said earlier food is really important these schools are, are upping the ante they're improving their programs they're coming to you for best practices and, and you're more than willing to share it with them and despite all that you, you keep on top every year how do you do it well again you know it, it, it starts with and i have to give a lot of credit to the team of a lot of credit to my boss ken toon and and the support we get from the campus including our, our chancellor and our, and our vice chancellors uh andy mangles who who consistently support us with this stuff um you know we but at the at, at the reality is is consistently connecting with the student population understanding what their needs are and we do that through a variety of different manners but we do it through anecdotally when we connect with them talk with them talk about you know, 
how they're feeling. Our student ambassadors, who we connect with, the 26 of them, we meet with them routinely. They tell us day in and day out. They fill out surveys on, on a weekly basis of how their food experiences were. Uh, social media, we follow that in terms of surveys we put out there in terms of how different events were, how you like the food, um, customer feedback on a daily basis. So we're constantly answering messages, connecting with students, as well as quantitatively. When we look at things like our, our, our surveys, where we survey students twice a year, we ask them a host of different questions about how your food experiences were. We take all that information and we're constantly evolving from it. Our menu evolves daily. It's not one of the, we have, we have a three week cycle menu in our locations that you'll have different menu items over 21 days. And then we, we overlay that with each location has different menus. So we have four different dining commons. So you have basically 80 different menus running over a three week period of time. So then you look at things like, okay, how can you overlay special events? So for example, I talked earlier about different types of cultural holidays. As we look at you know, Hispanic Heritage Month, it starts in September and, and, and goes into October. We look at things like Diwali. We look at things like, you know, the, the Christmas holidays. We look at the Hanukkah. We look at, um, you know, different types of events that go into Lunar New Year and, as well as Black History Month. And so all these different events that are going on over the course of the year, we tie into our dining operations so that it gives us some inspiration and some direction as to how we can steer menu. That also steers into seasonality. So you start to look at the spring, the fall, the winter months, and we're able to steer menu around the harvest and different crops we're getting. Um, we connect with different farmers and we talk to them about how their operations are going. Uh, and students really appreciate that. They love, for example, maple wine milk and things like that, where we have um, some of phenomenal Jersey cows that produce some of the best milk in the, in the valley. So we, we really want to bring, as our chancellor talks about, uh, you know, UMass to the Piner Valley and the Piner Valley to UMass. So this is the way we use that gateway is food to be able to do that. So as you start to look at, and, and finally, even you look at customer feedback, you're looking at customer feedback, you can say everyone wants to hear good news, but when you hear the bad news, people tend to cringe sometimes. But if you use that and say, well, how do I need to improve? Well, your customers are telling you, this is how you need to improve. These are the things we'd like to see. Now, be honest, there's some feedback that you kind of have to take you know, water off the duck's back and say, okay, someone might have been venting about something. But if there is a nugget of information there that you can say that, for example, we would like dinner that goes later, or we would like to have more uh, plant-based proteins, or we would like to have different types of cultural dishes, then that's information you could use to talk to the chefs about and say, okay, let's see if we can't design uh, a more robust uh, Indian breakfast, for example, or let's look at a, a way that we might be able to extend uh, dinners where we have a Ramadan for sakurs that we do uh, into the into the early morning hours. So these are things that our students are telling us, and then we use our very talented team to actionize or action these plans, and then that's how we continuously improve. Mm. Well, that's one thing we weren't saying back in 1975. Uh, give me more uh, plant-based proteins, please. I don't know. But um, in the time we have left, uh, I mean, the food is so good at UMass Amherst now that parents are scheduling visits and coming up to, to have food with their sons and daughters in the dining commons. Talk about that a little bit. And that's going to lead into uh, one of my favorite talking points of steak and lobster night. We, we certainly didn't have that in 1975. This is become a big Halloween tradition up at, at UMass. Tell us about it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So we, um, on Halloween, we have our, uh, our all, all treats and no tricks, which we serve over 14,000 lobsters. Uh, so every student who's on the, uh, who can come in and all of our dining commons, we have our steak and lobster event and it is by far our most popular dinner that we serve all year long. Uh, we, we combine that with pumpkin painting contests and costume contests. Uh, we have uh, magicians and fortune tellers. So it's a, it's a big event that we have in the, in the locations. And it's a lot of fun. Our chancellor joined us this year and, and toured all the locations. Uh, and uh, we, it, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a great opportunity to really, you know, see, students hanging out, having a lot of fun and, and building that community around food like we talked about. But that community also, George, extends to our families. So uh, on our meal plans, families eat for free. So if your son, daughter, you know, whatever is on a meal plan, the parents can come up and eat in the dining commons uh, as many times as they want uh, with, their, with, with, with the student. Uh, and that, you know, it serves a couple of purposes for us, or many more than a couple is that, first of all, it can, it can you know, it kind of contributes to that transparency of the food is consistently what you see. It's not great on day one and move out day or commencement day. It's the other 200 semester days in between those days. Uh, we are still doing uh, an excellent job and we want to have their feedback about stuff. It also you know, provides for additional value. So if you're going to pick up your student, you can come and grab a bite to eat, a cup of coffee, whatever it might be. We want you to join us to have those particular types of experiences within the dining locations, as well as a commencement. We, we open it up to what we call, let us serve you one last meal. And we have over 70% of our seniors are still on a meal plan to kind of give you some, some context to that number. Um, when we look at student uh, meal plan penetration over the course of you know, universities. UMass is about 92%. Um, the NACOF's average, uh, which is that National Association of College and University Food Service, ranks at about 61, 62% penetration rate across, across the country. So we're about 30% higher. We have 30% more of our population on a meal plan than other schools do. But about 70% of our seniors are on a plan. So that means that even our wow. fourth-year students are at a higher rate than, so how does that play into graduation? Well, we open it up to the entire family. We've had situations where 30 uh, family members have joined us in the Berkshire Dining Commons to see their, their daughter, who was the first for their family to graduate college, and talk about an amazing experience where they're all together celebrating and they choose to celebrate in Berkshire Dining Commons. That's amazing. And those are the types of experiences we want to have and those are the things we create from the day you move into UMass or the day you're even looking at UMass on, on, on a new student uh, to new student orientation to move in to commencement. We want to continue that relationship and the families are a really big part of that. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're, we're running out of time. We just wanted to, again, thank you for coming on and, and talking about UMass Dining. This is an unbelievable success story. And I think that there are lessons there for uh, businesses up and down the Pioneer Valley uh, when it comes to excellence, listening to your customers, responding to your customers, and just continuing to provide a quality product. So keep up the good work, and, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you, George. Thanks for having me. All the best in the new year. Okay, and to you too. 
And thank you to all of you for listening. This has been Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, filling in for Joe Bednar. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.